don't think anybody has a big burden to give a message today. We just want to have fellowship with you. Uh, we're all in the same boat, if you know what I mean, right? We're all here serving the Lord, trying to listen to the Lord, trying to hear the Lord, and follow the Lord, and even become the Lord's move. Okay, so how about we read these three verses, we'll pray, read ten, and then we'll open it up for fellowship.
Somebody, you do it. Run around and hand people the mic. Be a mic man. You can start. No. <laughs> you you can share something you've enjoyed already from the uh, messages, or something you're impressed with. But anyway, we just want to have fellowship. Huh? And, uh, well, I live in Colombia. I just flat in from last night from Bogota, Colombia. And I really enjoy having the fellowship here with all the saints. It was a good time this morning. I think that the word was quite uh, nourishing and cherishing for everybody. I really enjoy the matter of the coordination of the four living creatures. I never saw this before, or every time I see it, every time I see it is freshly anew. The matter of the coordination, how we all need to coordinate. You know, when the four creatures, they are tied up to each other through their wings. And they're one with each other because of their wings. So with one, when one of them takes the lead, all the other ones, because they are one with each other, they advance. And nobody retrieves. You see, if, if they will not be one, there will be some retrieving. The one looking at the north will advance, and the one looking at the south will retrieve. But because they are all one, they're all just advancing as one uh, living creature. Amen. 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 Next. Uh, I just enjoyed a little line this morning, and it was a ma the matter of living your life in a way that you won't look back later on with regret. Amen. And it really touched me because, um, you know, Don used to say, count up the costs, pay the price, and live a life with no regrets, right? And <clears throat> I don't know, it just kind of struck home because it's the same kind of concept, you know. Uh, we want our lives to be worth the eternal weight, you know. We don't want to just be living on this earth like everyone else, like a typical human being. I even enjoyed uh, listening or hearing that we are not typical, you know. We are those of the race of Abraham. Right. And hence, our life should be a reproduction and a continuation Amen. of the life of Abraham. Amen. And yet, every day you live your life and sometimes you wonder, am I living the life of Abraham or am I just living day by day or whatever? So, I don't, I don't know, I was just encouraged this morning and reminded to just live Christ. Amen. To spend time with him. Amen. You know, have an intimate time with him. Yes. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I think another thing that encouraged me is that I think Tim shared that when those two brothers went out, you know, Solomon, I mean, uh, Saul and Barnabas, uh, I always imagined they, you know, they got set out, they were called out, they were set apart by the Holy Spirit, and then great things start happening right away. 
and yet <laughs> here they are set aside and they gained one person and lost another. And uh, sometimes that's how I feel my life's been, you know, like here I am, the Lord sends me to the training, I know it was the Lord and maybe something happened, maybe nothing happened, I don't know. I uh, come back and serve, maybe something happened, maybe nothing happened, maybe I gained three and lost three, I don't, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like, I mean, and if that's the way you're living your life, then maybe you'll be full of discouragement. But if you know the Lord's the one sending you, and the Amen. Lord's is the head that's moving, I don't know, that was just so encouraging. That's where we lay our, our hope, right? It's in, it's in following the head. It's Amen. not in anything external, it's not in anything that we can count right. necessarily. But it's, it's in just knowing the Lord intimately Amen. so that we know where he's leading and where he's going and we can follow him. Amen. I wanted to share a little something. Um, I was reading these verses the other day in Luke 4, and the Lord was in Capernaum, and he was carrying out his fourfold commission. And it says, when day came, he departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him, and they came up to him, and they tried to hold on to him, so he wouldn't go away from them. But he said to them, I must announce the gospel of the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this I was sent. And I was really impressed by that. You know, he could have stayed in Capernaum. There was plenty of work there for him to do. But his commission, he said here, was to announce the gospel of the kingdom of God to the other cities also. And then, of course, in Matthew, we're very, we know the verse, right, about this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole inhabited earth, right, for a testimony to the nations, and then the end will come. And, um, you know, in these past number of months since we've been getting into this burden of the spread, and this burden came out about the, uh, you know, the church is universal. And so that indicates that the church is always spreading. And even to see that the Lord, his commission, the reason he was sent was to preach this gospel to all the cities. And then to see that the Lord tells us in Matthew that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole inhabited earth as the testimony, and then the end will come, that this is a unique sign. You know, it's really caused me to realize uh, and this point came out also in you know, the last year, that it's not a matter of the size, but of the testimony. And uh, this, is, this has helped me very much, and also it's caused me to go before the Lord, because in my place, I could be busy from now until the Lord comes back. You know, there's many things to be involved with positively, and I could be fully in function in my place. And I am quite in function. You know, I'm busy with matters of the church, taking care of new ones. The Lord's added some very positive ones. And that's, that's good, but there's still this, there's this larger matter of the testimony. And, um, and the testimony, it needs to be something that's universal. And then the end will come. So I can't, I can't just look at my personal situation and feel, well, I'm fully in function, and so that's good. But I need to realize the Lord's testimony needs to be universal. Amen. There needs to be the spread, and we need to look to the Lord for ourselves and the saints in our locality, how more could be released for this testimony to carry out this commission so the Lord could be satisfied, so he would have a way to come back. Amen. 
know, to follow what Chris said, um, <clears throat> sorry, Roseanne, I'm going to steal your, your illustration. It's been eating at me since you shared it. Um, you know, when you look at a vine, the Lord is divine, right? And the Lord spreads like a vine. But when you look at a vine, it's not a great big bushy thing. It's a spreading entity. That's what it does. And there's life here and there's life there. And you can tell it's living. But in no place along the vine is there a great big bushiness to it. Right? You understand what I'm saying? It just spreads. And, you know, kind of the culture we've been under for the last, I don't know how many years, is to make our church big and bushy. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but you know, I don't think this has ever been the teach. you know, anybody's ever said this, but this is what's been happening, right? Gain new ones for, yeah, it's for the body, but, you know, boy, it'd be good if our locality was big and bushy. <clears throat> and if some went to another locality, that's great, but we really want something here that's big and bushy, right? Why? Because then the Lord's expressed. That's, our, that's my thought. In my locality, if there's, you know, this many saints, then the Lord's really expressed. But the Lord isn't expressed like that. The Lord is a vine. And vines spread. And yes, there is life in a vine. But that life is just, you know, there's life here and there's life there and there's life everywhere. Not because of how big and bushy it is. But because it's spreading. You know, and so I heard this, you know, Rose, sorry Rosanna, you shared that. And it's, it really stuck with me. But, and then I was considering... Uh, both what Benson shared and, and then the verse we just pre-read, you know, you know, I was encouraged because, you know, we're in these kind of times a lot, and the Lord speaks to us, and something of a stirring happens within all of us. And then, you know, for whatever reason, you know, sometimes our ears get dull. And I get condemned at that point because, you know, I come back and I get revived and, you know, the Lord had to speak to me again because, you know, for what, but this is the, sorry, this is what Abraham did. He got called and he went a little ways. Then the Lord had to call him again. Then the Lord had to call him again. The Lord came to Samuel and had to come back to Samuel and had to come back to Samuel, right? I mean, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or whatever, but, you know, saints, the Lord will keep calling us if we're seeking Him, seeking His speaking. And, and He's going to call us for a purpose. The purpose is to spread. Right? That's what He's doing. He's spreading. So, you know, Lord, I just give myself to keep searching Your speaking. And to spread.
Acts 13, verses 1 through 4. Now there were in Antioch in the local church prophets and teachers, Barnas and Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius the Cyrenian, Manan, the foster brother of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me now Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And when they fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. And then, having been sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Lucia. And from there, they sailed away to Cyprus. Um, I, some months ago, we went through these particular verses, and I was struck because I never realized that the Lord's move actually originated in Antioch. You know, reading the Bible, growing up in the church life, my thought was always that the Lord's heart was for Jerusalem because that's where the church originated. Um, but as the brothers pointed out, um, as they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, and the matter of ministering to the Lord was that they set themselves aside, right? There was no human organization. Um, and I have to agree with Scott. You know, with the human organization, we want to be big and, you know, we want some sort of expression. Um, but, brothers, I'm struck again and again. The Lord started with Antioch. In fact, if you read footnote uh, 2 3, it says that uh, it was initiated by five faithful and seeking members of the body of Christ who gave the head of the body an opportunity through their ministering and fasting that he, as the Spirit, might set them apart to carry out his great commission, to spread his kingdom for the establishing of his church in the Gentile world through the preaching of the gospel. This major step had nothing to do with the church in Jerusalem organizationally. And it was not under the authority and direction of Peter and the other 11 apostles in Jerusalem. It was begun solely and purely from a Gentile center, far away from the atmosphere and influence of any Judaic background and practice, and even the practice and influence of the church in Jerusalem. It was absolutely a move by the Spirit, in the Spirit and with the Spirit, through the coordination of the faithful and seeking members of the body of Christ, on the earth, with the head in the heavens. Hence, this was not a religious movement with a human schedule. From Antioch, the Lord's move on the earth for God's New Testament economy had an entire new start. Um, I, I don't know what to say, but I've had some experience of being blent with some brothers and um, by prayer, ministering to the Lord. And it's been a long time since I've had that experience, and I really long for it again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I'm just impressed uh, seeing these two messages back-to-back uh, -back and seeing the progression of the outline. Um, we first started out with the burden for migration, but uh, very quickly moved to Ezekiel's, and we saw the, the, the matter of the, the four living creatures. And I was very impressed that the four living creatures is a picture of the vital groups. And this experience of the four living creatures actually matches what Brother Lee talks about in forming the vital groups, even according to his own experience. So first, there's the north wind that comes that causes us to become dissatisfied. Um, that kind of just you know, mess up our situation. And uh, we just can't go on anymore. We just have to we have, to have a change. And that's Brother Lee's experience. You know, he was meeting with the brethren for seven years. And the Lord showed him how dead he was. And he basically, he had a revolution in, in his being. 
and he was desperate. And from that desperateness, he went to the Lord. He confessed thoroughly for months. And eventually, what happened that the Lord brought him another member. And then that was the beginning of a vital group and actually the beginning of the church life in his hometown. And that's just the experience like this morning, right? We need to first have the north wind to come in and, uh, you know, stir us up and uh, revive us, save us from our, our condition, our, our contentment. But then that's not good enough. We also need to be coordinated, right? Well, first there, there's, uh, you know, the north wind and eventually we have the expression and eventually we're coordinated into the four living creatures. So that's also, you know, that, that's just the same experience. The Lord bring us together with a, a few others. And, and through coordination, we can participate in God's move. And the message, too, again, we talked about, uh, you know, the, the brothers shared about the, the five uh, in Antioch, right? And we also see that that is also a vital group. That is, you know, the, the five fingers that's working together with the Lord. So it really showed me that this matter of uh, migration is not, just, is not just a movement. You know, it's not just... You know, individually, we, we try to go and do something. And the brothers stressed that this morning. It is a move. It is an organic move of the body. And I believe that it is a move that's out of the vital groups. It is a move even in the vital groups. Um, uh, recently, uh, you know, uh, where, where I am, you know, the Lord has, has begun to group me with, you know, some others, you know, um, including the Cuthbertsons. And, you know, we just had a realization that initially we're a group because we're, you know, we have a same home meeting. We have a common home meeting. But eventually realized that the vital group is not even just to take care of the home meeting, right? But actually the vital group is to take care of anything. It can be for anything. It can, you know, if the Lord calls you to serve somewhere, it, it needs to come out of the vital groups. If the, and, and even if you take it all the way to migration, you know, maybe, you know, the vital group needs to migrate, right? But it's not just, the vital group is not just for one, like, one thing. Like, it's, I don't know if you know what I mean, but it has to be a basis because it is just the organic relationship between the members, and we all need to be connected to one another. So, so anyways, praise the Lord. When I read this uh, morning, um, whenever God visits us and revives us, his spirit blows on us like a mighty wind to bring a spiritual storm into our life, into our work, and, and into our church, causing us to be dissatisfied and concerned about our spiritual condition and to have a turn in our spiritual life. Um, basically, that was like a, a movie, you know, of my whole life. Because <laughs> um, many, many times in my life, I've, I felt settled. I felt that I have everything. And suddenly began this insatisfaction inside. And that insatisfaction moved us, my wife and I, from the denomination, <laughs> trying to seek for something uh, better, and then move a little bit forward. And then in there, we felt that, well, this is better, okay. And when we began to feel like a settle, the same insatisfaction began. And bit by bit, the Lord brought us into the church life. 
And in the church life, we thought, well, finally we got it. We, it this is the house, the home. Praise the Lord. But no. <laughs> uh, we were in the church. Everything was okay. Work, children, house. But if we are not serving, then satisfaction comes and begin to bother you and bother you again. So next month, uh, my wife and I were going to have 34 years marriage. And the only thing that makes us happy is when we are serving. When we are having a very nice uh, human marriage life, we are not satisfied. That is a big, big emptiness. When you taste the, to serve, to basically to follow the Lord, to enjoy the saints and serving, and you are not doing that, nothing can satisfy you. And the other point here is every man had his failures. And there was the forsaking of the altar and the tent. However, oh, I like this, this however. With him, there was a recovery. Oh, that, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> um, there is a recovery. And the Lord recovery is a matter of returning to the altar and the tent with calling on the name of the Lord. When we are in the tents, when we have the tents and we have the altar and we enjoy the Lord and we serve and we just... Uh, just move according to the, uh, to the wind, that's a deep satisfaction and enjoyment. Um, when I heard Brother uh, Benson counting the times that he was moving and moving, um, I, I can't compete with him, but I'm just making a recall. Seven cities, we came from Puerto Rico, seven cities in Puerto Rico, 20 times in different places in the seven cities and two different states. And we came here and we'll say, well, uh, that's it. We're a very wonderful church life. We're going to enjoy here with the saints. But now the Lord is just telling them, hey, you probably you have to move again. <laughs> so this is, this is endless. And this is what really causes um, the sensation and, and the feeling of the heart of what the Lord wants. So this is a short testimony that confirm that there's nothing, especially for the young people, the, the young marriages, there's nothing in this world that can cause you satisfaction except to follow this wonderful uh, blowing wind of the Lord. Amen. Sense. If I don't stand up, I don't feel the Lord is happy, so I got to stand up. Um, I enjoy to see the picture of a living creature. Uh, it's a result of the wind, the cloud, the fire, and the electron. 
Um, I'm from Houston. This semester, we have um, something new in the church in Houston. We start our student coordination, and also uh, in my own group meeting, home meeting, we start our coronation. And I realized, you know, these two coronations become the north wing to me. I've been coordinated with the team since I came to Houston, which is three years ago. Um, I have a hard time beginning and go on better and better and better. And I don't know why, for some reason, the Lord just used this two coronation to, to kill me. I was so upset the first I have this student coronation. And I turned to the Lord, I realized, I'm too fast. The Lord is, an, is not a God that he's very efficient. He, his efficiency depends on he wants to make us him, you know. So he does not want to, like, doing mushroom work, like, oh, the student become oh, very burdened, and immediately start to coronate or whatever, you know. And in the same time, the other thing is my home meeting. I, I'm in that home meeting for three years. And then I can even tell you guys that I can see the eyes of my, the couple that I have home meeting with. I know their situation. They need me to do certain things or extra exercise my spirit. But you know, with other members of the home meeting, I, anyway, it's just so hard. It's hard. But then I, I realized, you know, the, the north wind blow and the grace come. And eventually your dissatisfaction of your own spiritual condition being exposed and, and burn and produce electrum, make us living. And you know, living creatures, living is not good enough. We need to be coordinated. All our whatever, natural goodness, whatever, you know, they'll need to be balanced adjusted, tomb or on tomb. I really enjoyed the picture that Brother Tinsy is showing, people, uh, showing us about the, um, the, the, the guitar. Sometimes we do see the coronation that one person is so strong keeping on playing the same key, right? Mm -hmm. Or like the whole chord seems okay, but this one, not right. You know, I just pray, Lord, have mercy. I don't want to beat that member like, you know, screw up the whole chorus. Or playing the thank you the whole time. You know, yeah, we just need the Lord's mercy. Amen. I'd like to say just a uh, little bit. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, I was impressed with a word that I heard Brother Lee say recently. Of course, he didn't say it recently, but I just heard what he has said recently. <laughs> uh, he said that uh, he said that we're moved, but we don't move. I think y'all have heard this word, and I was quite struck by that word because many times I'm moved by something that he would say. And I'm impressed with the word that he spoke. But it doesn't have any effect. In other words, uh, we're moved, you know, that, but we don't move. There's no change. In other words. Uh, and brothers and sisters, I, uh, 
I hope that that would not be our our situation. Uh, that anything that we hear this weekend or anything that we hear in the future, uh, the Lord would uh, impress us with something that was ministered or the, uh, something would be spoken and we're moved by that and we see some revelation from the Lord or we're impressed with it in a way that we feel we have to take some action regarding it, but we never move. Uh, we are, we're moved, but we don't move. And, uh, of course, I look out at all of you, and generally, all of you are, are a young adult. Uh, some, there's a few here, a little, a little older, but nearly uh, 98% of you are, would be classified as young adults. And this means that you have a lot of years left in serving the Lord. I don't think I can classify myself as a young adult, although I'd like to try, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't fly. <laughs> Anyhow, all of you uh, virtually are in this age category. And I remember when I was in this age category, and uh, I realized I had a lot of time left to serve the Lord. And I wanted my years, you know, to, to count in the Lord's service. Uh, and I want every year to count. Uh, and I think all of you generally feel the same way. You wouldn't be in this room, and you wouldn't have gone to the training if there wasn't something happening within you. Uh, just the fact that you all went to the training speaks volumes to me. And I would thank all of us in this room. You all are persons that one to be prepared for something. Why else would you have gone? Otherwise, just stay home. If you're not going there to be prepared for something, well, what are you being prepared for? Uh, you really need to discover that. Because now you have passed through the training, some of you several years ago, some of you just a short time ago, and, but Many of you are graduates, and of course some of you are not graduates, but most of you are graduates. And I surely wouldn't have gone to that full-time training if I didn't want to be prepared by the Lord to serve Him in the most uh, profitable manner. Otherwise, why, why bother, you know? Uh, why bother? Otherwise, I ju I'm just wasting my time if I don't have some goal in going to the full-time training. Well, you read the writings of, of Brother Lee and what he has spoken in, in various places, and uh, particularly in this matter of, of migration. He spoke very clearly and very definitely what he especially hoped to see happen with the trainee graduates. Here, there's a class of people in the Lord's recovery that have been prepared by the Lord to serve Him, as no others have been prepared. You know, Brother Lee said that uh, two years in the training is equivalent to 20 years in the church life. That's quite something. Uh, 
Well, you take that 20 year, two years, you already got 20 years in the church life, and then you, you, know, you start over two years. You're only a 21st year when you get out of the training <laughs> of being in the church life. Because in the training, uh, things are, you're brought to things, and you're trained, and you learn things in a fast way that you don't learn in the church life nor as thoroughly do you learn them in the church life. But anyhow, uh, you're brought through and all these things, the training. And the wealth that is, has been built up in all of you saints is quite phenomenal in my experience. And I like to say, you know, I've been in the church life nearly 50 years, not quite, 45. Well, that means I've been through the training Two and a half times. But I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that in my 45 years, I have gained what all the saints that have passed through that training have gained. I don't believe so. Maybe so, but I don't think so. Maybe I've experienced some things that you haven't experienced yet, but I don't believe that the areas that you got trained in, uh, I've been trained in, to the degree that you have. Because I'm around the trainees and I'm at the training, not full time like some of the other brothers are, but I'm around and I know what's going on at the training. Uh, and I see those trainees being trained day by day. I mean, it's a tough schedule. And I know it is, it's tough. Praise the Lord, most of y'all made it through. That's, that's, that's quite wonderful. And, uh, you're to be commended for that. But having passed through it, what is it for? What's the, what was the goal? Why did you go to the training? If you're going to just come back and be in the church life in a way like every, all the, everybody else is in the church life, uh, or most everybody's in the church life. Otherwise, to me, you have wasted, you know, all this. What did you, you build it up, you build your being up, and you build up your knowledge, and you build up yourself in life, but you don't have anything to do with it uh, if you're not careful. Of course, under the Lord's leading, the Lord will lead us a lot of directions. And I'm not saying that migration is the only direction the Lord will lead us. The Lord will place some of us in the local churches. And that's where he will want us to serve. But I believe that many of us, having sent us to the training, this is not what he expects you to do the rest of your life and with your life. And if someone would go to the training, and 40 years from now, that person never exercised to do anything special in the Lord's interest, I would say to myself, why in the world did that person even go to the training? He might as well, he should have just stayed home and not cost the church so much money. And, you know, it would have been much better. Well, anyhow, I don't want to be too much, but uh, you understand the point I'm trying to make. Uh, our, you have to realize our going to the training is something special and it's something raised up by the Lord and all the things that are covered in that training, be it in uh, 
training in service or in the gaining of the truth or helping us in the experiences of life. All the, tr the whole training was arranged by Brother Lee. And he arranged that training after he had served the Lord for almost 60 years. And uh, he knew of what his feeling was that a person needs to serve the Lord. And he arranged that way. And by the Lord's mercy, all of you went through that. And I would say, to use the word that's used, you got trained in all of that. And I think before the Lord, you have to consider, what, what will you do? What will you do? And I'm not saying go to Africa for 30 years. You know, I'm not talking about that. But I am asking, why can't we all do something special and particular for the Lord to carry out his divine economy, except work at a job, use so many hours a day, at least 10 hours a day in most cases, time you drive to work, get home from work, and, you know, have lunch on the job and not get paid for those hours. You've used 10 hours a day, every day, for the world, and yet you're a trained person in the things of the Lord, and then usually, or many times, we're too tired to do anything when we get home. You know, so we just stay home with our wife or stay home and play with the kids or, or do something because, you know, we're, we've got to take care of our job and we've got to support our family and we've got to do all this. Well, in many cases, this will be true. But, you know, you read in that, that book, the blessed or blessed human life, when Brother Lee talks about his burden with related to Taiwan, and the context of that is that he was in, uh, the, he came here in December of 84, and that's when he spoke such a strong word in the life study of Acts when he got to chapter 8, encouraging the saints in California to migrate out of California. And in his speaking, and you'll see it tomorrow, we're going to show you 15 minutes of that video. And Brother Lee wanted to see 50% of all the ones in the church migrate out of California. 50%. 50% stay, 50% go. Half of the church. Half of the church go. Isn't that something? And we say, well, my goodness, what would have happened to those churches? Well, what would have happened to those churches is that they would probably, you know, if they had 1,000, they probably would now have 2,500. Or if they had 50 and they'd lost 25, maybe they would have 100 or 200 if they had kept migrating. And eventually, Brother Lee, he said, well, I don't want to devastate the churches uh, in Orange County, so how about we uh, have 10% per year migrate every year? And then, you know, in five years, he still got his 50% almost. <laughs> but Brother Lee was desperate to see the saints and all the churches migrate, 
move out. Uh, and he spoke strongly concerning this matter. Then he went to Taiwan, and uh, he began the full-time training there. Of course, his view was to gospelize Taiwan, but he wanted 500 uh, to rise up to go to the full-time training. And he, the training started with about 500. And he, he trained those, and he trained them to send them out. He didn't train them to go back and get jobs. He trained them to, to send them out. And he envisioned the Lord gaining 5 million in Taiwan. And of that uh, 5 million, 500,000 would be trained and sent out of Taiwan. And they, he said they would trek all over the world spreading the Lord's recovery. That was his goal. A 10% of 5 million. That's what he hoped to see happen. And that's what he was aiming for. And he wanted 10%, you know, of all the trainees, at least, to go out. But he wanted more than that on the, with, on the trainee side. Well, anyhow, he got quite a few, and they did gospelize Taiwan out of this. But so many were trained, and they went right, right away, they went into the work. And this is what Brother Lee intended to happen with the trainees. And uh, I know the churches like to have the trainees. All the churches like to have the trainees. And the saints that they send to the training, they like for them to come back. And uh, that's fine. And many do have to go back and serve the Lord in the churches. But if all the trainees would go back to the churches, then how are we going to take care of the spread? Impossible. Uh, and here are the saints like yourself that are trained and ready to go. And brothers, I just want to say, you know, you're trained. And are you going to let the rest of the you know, the rest of your life be in vain uh, in this matter of spreading the Lord's recovery from place to place. You know, uh, here's a good story that may help you. Uh, this is Albert Lamb's story. He began to have the consideration to go full time. And so... Uh, I know he fellowship with me and I'm sure other co-workers. And then he would go to Brother Lee. You know, he was Brother Lee's son-in-law, Albert is. And he had a door, you know, into to Brother Lee's house that most of us didn't have. So he could go to Brother Lee. He had the right to go anytime he wanted to. So Albert went to him a lot of times and had fellowship with him about a lot of things. But one area... At this, at what a certain juncture was, he wanted Brother Lee to tell him whether he should go full time or not. And so he went to Brother Lee several times, and Brother Lee wouldn't say anything. And uh, 
And anyhow, he'd get clear that he should go full-time. and Then he just couldn't go full-time. You know, he just couldn't do it. And so uh, I think this was the third or fourth time he finally went back to Brother Lee. And you know what Brother Lee told him? He said, Albert, if you have ever considered going full-time, the Lord would, you would never consider this if the Lord didn't want you to go full-time. You wouldn't even think about it. You wouldn't consider it. And I'd like to ask you, have you considered going full-time? Has the Lord, have you considered what you should do with your life in this matter of full-time service? Uh, and have you considered, you know, uh, maybe not going full-time, but migrating to some other place and, and get a job to support your family? I mean, have you considered these things? Well, just like Brother Lee saying to Albert, if the Lord didn't want you to go full-time, you wouldn't even be thinking about it. So out of that word from Brother Lee, Albert went full-time <laughs> because he realized all this time he's been trying to debate, is this what I should do? Is this what the Lord wants me to do or not do? Uh, because... There, he had to admit there's something in him that had a burden to be full-time. And so finally he was able to drop his job. And for Albert to drop his job, <laughs> it wasn't like me dropping my job to go full-time. You know, Albert, uh, he was a money-making uh, whatever he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He knew how to make money. But anyhow... Uh, he finally found the grace to do it. And he's never gone back to work. He's been full-time now for a decade plus because he went full-time when Brother Lee was alive. Uh, anyhow, brothers and sisters, you're all here as trainee graduates, and I look out, there's got to be, I don't know, 150 or 200 of you that are sitting out here. And uh, you have to consider, in the Lord's sovereignty, you went to the training. In the Lord's sovereignty, you have been trained in a particular way. And I say that training in a particular way is to carry on the Lord's recovery. And you have to consider before the Lord, having gone to the training, what does this mean in the carrying out of God's divine economy? Does it mean nothing? Maybe it means nothing. Maybe it's zero. I don't know. But maybe it's not zero. And maybe the Lord would have you use that training that he gave you to carry out his divine economy. Uh, maybe you owe the Lord something. You have to consider. And maybe you would pay him back by serving on the campus. I know many of you are doing that, and if that's what you feel from the Lord to do, then that's what you should do. But uh, we also have to recognize that in carrying out God's economy, it's crucial that we spread the Lord's recovery and that we preach the gospel of the kingdom you know, to the entire earth.
And you know, concerning this matter of preaching the gospel, just you or just a couple of you, you're not going to uh, be the ones that take the gospel to the entire earth. It's got to be a group of people that will do that and preach the gospel. But it is you that will gain the reward or lose the reward, you know, if the Lord wants you to do that, and you don't, and you refuse to do it. It's, you know, it's up to you. Uh, you're not, we're not all going to gain a reward because we're in the recovery, and praise the Lord, the gospel of the kingdom uh, was preached to all the nations, and the end happened, and we're going to be rewarded because we, are, we were in the local churches, and the Lord used people from the local churches to spread this gospel. Because nobody else has this gospel, saints. It's got to come through the local churches, through the local church people, and through the writings of the ministry that this gospel will be preached. We are the ones that have this gospel. Christianity just preaches the gospel of repentance and remission of sins which does not bring you into the kingdom. I get you saved, but it doesn't put you in the kingdom. But the gospel that is preached before the Lord can come is a gospel of the kingdom that will be received by people all over this earth, and they will live in the kingdom. And the kingdom will have been preached, the gospel of the kingdom. And they will be pleasing enough to the Lord that the Lord will come because some are living in the kingdom in this way. Because we have preached this gospel to the uttermost part of the earth. Well, it's going to happen through the saints in the local churches. And I dare say, brothers, among all the saints in the local churches, you all are the group that knows the gospel of the kingdom more than any of the other saints in the churches. You know. You know. You know how to preach this gospel. And this gospel must be spread. But all, the only ones that can spread this gospel is the ones who have been brought into this gospel and is living out this gospel. Uh, and I don't say that y'all are the only ones, but that would be too much to say that, because many in the churches have also, uh, you know, been trained in the gospel. Well, the only other point is it's kind of along a different line, and that was it came out of one of the testimonies that your brothers and sisters shared. And that is in the, in the local churches, you know. Uh, it is good to have the increase in the, in the local churches. Uh, God wants to build, uh, he wants churches established, he wants them to be built up through the increase. And there has to be, the, inc the churches should increase in number in all the places. But, when it becomes a situation that our emphasis is on the increase and increasing the number in the churches 
and yet we pay no or little attention to the spread, that church has entered into a big failure. Or that church is incomplete. At least you can say that much. The Lord surely wants to increase the churches and increase all the churches in number. And, but if that church does not bear the responsibility in the, uh, the matter of migrations and the saints don't migrate out of that church, the, that church has had a big failure, a big failure. Because God's economy is carried out through migrations, through spreading. Ever since Adam was created on this earth, God has been spreading over this earth. Firstly, just the people. And secondly, with the gospel of repentance and remission of sins. And that's still going on and being spread. But the gospel of the kingdom also has to spread throughout this entire earth before the Lord can come back. Well, anyhow, brothers, uh, we all live before the Lord. You know, and you all have to pray. But I hope you all would go before the Lord, you know, after this weekend, especially you that are in this room, and pray to the Lord. Lord, what should you do? You know, and the one testimony I can bear is all these that went to Russia, many of them were trainees at that time, many of them. And I saw them laboring there, and I appreciated them so much. And those who had been in the training were the ones, I shouldn't say the most faithful in carrying out their responsibility in the preaching of the gospel and everything. But the most capable ones were the ones that had been in the training. And they had learned so much. And uh, I was happy to serve with them. And I'd be happy to serve with all of you. We could all go to have a repeat to Russia again. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but anyhow, brothers and sisters, I just want you to know that the view of, I have of you all is so great. And I know the Lord purposefully sent you to that training. And I don't like to see the Lord's uh, arrangement be wasted on anything. And I just want to ask all of you to pray. Uh, there's a lot of churches in this Texas area, you know, these states. Uh, campuses out there, big campuses all over Texas and Oklahoma, and Louisiana and Mississippi and Oklahoma, New Mexico, Kansas, Nebraska, you know, western Tennessee. All these are the ones that we have been in, you know, laboring with for so many years. Many, many big campuses. All those students, just hundreds of thousands of students just waiting there to be plucked out for God's economy. We need to migrate. And the only way these places will be reached is 
10 or 20 or 30, go to these localities, start meeting, preaching the gospel on those campuses, and gaining the people. You know, in the first campus I labored on was at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. First church life I was in was in Waco. And I, I, my, when I came into town to, to practice the church life there, the first place I was burdened to go was where? To that campus. And find some people that I could labor on until they were in the church life. And because uh, I knew if we're going to have any increase, we've got to go to the campus. You know, any meaningful increase. And so we did. And the Lord gave us some. But you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of places if you want to just migrate a short way. But brothers and sisters, there are cities in this nation. You know, I'd like to tell you one that's been so much of my heart because I've been in fellowship with a brother. His name is John Chow, and the locality he is in is in, uh, uh, in Canada. Montreal, Montreal, Canada. That city is an unbelievable city with the number of college students in that one city. The number is phenomenal. I think it's bigger than the number that is in the Boston area. Or it's uh, very close. And a tremendous number of saints. Of course, many of them are French-speaking. But it is a city that needs the gospel. And John is doing his best to find some young brothers and uh, a couple of ones that could come there and be elders be supported by the church, you know, just crying out. Uh, look at these campuses. We need to take them. And uh, anyhow, he's about convinced me we need, we need to do something about uh, Montreal, Canada. And, of course, in North America, we can go anywhere. I mean, that's just that's an example. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of cities uh, that we, we can go to and bear the Lord's testimony to those places. And I, I don't know if it's safe for me to recommend this, and maybe I shouldn't recommend it, and I'm not recommended. But you know how many we started off and broke bread with in Waco? Five. Three sisters and two brothers. And we labored there for four and a half years. And in four and a half years, we had 27. That wasn't earth-shattering. I know that. <laughs> anyhow, but anyhow, we started. We had a vision. We were there for the Lord's recovery. And we labored there until we all moved to Houston. And, uh, but anyhow, I was happy that I had to have, such, had, to have, have had such an experience shortly out of college. I moved to Waco, uh, one one year after I one and one and a quarter years after I go, graduated from college. You know, by that time we didn't have a training. I'd go on the training. Came along too late for me. But anyhow, uh, I know 
four people. We started off with four, and then there was five. We broke bread with five. You know, I know you can make it just with four. And how many went out in, uh, out of uh, Acts 13? Out of Antioch, two. You know, they did fine. You know, they spread the gospel all the way to Rome. Not bad. Uh, but anyhow, I don't know if, if the, the elders and co-workers would let just four go out. I would. Because <laughs> I know they can make it. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, uh, we all have to pray. You know, I've just envisioned in, uh, in Anaheim, a small group of saints. They're, they're, they're praying, and they all get burdened for a locality in California or someplace else. They would just, the whole small group would just go, you know. And I'm not going to hold back any of them. I don't care how they're functioning in the church. I want them to leave. <laughs> if they've got the burden to spread the Lord's testimony throughout the United States. Well, there's a lot of places in the United States. There's just there's some in te the Texas area. You know, Texas area means a lot of states. And, and there's a lot in the United States, but there's also a lot in Europe. Europe needs to be taken. I'm so happy out of Anaheim. Uh, this last term, we sent two couples to Israel and one couple to Spain out of the church in Anaheim. And they were all uh, graduates from the training. And I know the Lord will use them. I know the Lord will use them in a wonderful way. Four headed for Israel, one two headed for Spain. And I'm so happy they're gone. Of course, I'd like to have them in Anaheim too. But I'd rather see them in Israel and Spain. Anyhow, I hope all of you would just pray, you know, and be open to the Lord. You know, that's all we can ask for, and we should ask for. But anyhow, saints, I hope the Lord would be merciful to all of us. And we would follow the Lord wherever he leads, wherever. And never allow anything to frustrate our following the Lord. Nothing. Zero. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Yeah, okay, let me just say something for just a minute, and then maybe we'll just end with some prayer. Uh, anyway, I appreciate so much hearing Brother Benson's testimony. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, we just have so much love and respect for all of you dear saints who have gone to the training and paid such a price to sacrifice the Lord. And I think in our heart is just that we really... Uh, aspire and hope for all of you to continue your pursuit of the Lord. And this matter of migration is a great matter. Uh, of course, our propagation on the campuses and our service to the Lord on the campuses is also a great matter. But <clears throat> uh, I, I, in these days, I have been very touched that we have an obligation to the Lord, and that obligation is not only to multiply and to bring people to Christ, but to propagate this recovery around this earth. And uh, <clears throat> we just treasure you saints who have 
gone to the training and uh, who have such a, uh, you know, you so valuable in the eyes of the world, but have forsaken so much to give time to the Lord, to serve him, and to be trained by him, that our hope and our desire for you is that, uh, of course, everything has been since said under the Lord's leading, but that we would uh, open to him and hear his voice concerning what, how he would call us. And I do believe all the elders, and we have the confidence in this part of the country uh, for sure, and I think all over in the recovery, the elders are very supportive of this matter, of our being called by the Lord to go out. And, of course, you know, you hear Benson's story about Waco, just four. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing how the Lord can do so, such a small beginning and then the impact of that, how much impact that has had. And, you know, we think... Uh, what kind of impact, but eventually four, and there was a multiplication, there was a spreading, and as I mentioned in my little brief sharing, uh, that, you know, eventually these small places, they, the Lord led them to Houston, and then so many of us were touched, Clem and Houston and me and Baton Rouge and probably Fred, Fred Cove before me and Baton Rouge, and, but this is, if they hadn't have gone to Houston, what would have happened? I don't know. I, I, would, I was already saved, but I don't know where I'd have wound up or where Clem would have wound up or Fred would have wound up or Neil. But uh, yeah, either that or prison. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, the, uh, the spreading, the spreading, their willingness to go, and the impact that had on the lives, you know. Uh, saints, uh, this is a great thing that the Lord would entrust his recovery into our hands. And again, we just treasure you all so much because you're so precious and you have such a valuable future and you have such potential before the Lord. Uh, anyway, we just, we're, we're praying for you. We're praying for all the saints. The Lord needs to call us. He needs to, like Samuel, we need to hear his voice. Amen. And we need to ask the Lord, Lord, I'm open to that north wind. Amen. I want that north wind. I want to hear your voice. Amen. I want to hear you call me. And I want to respond to your call. Uh, this is what our life's all about. I mean, because we're going to have families and kids and, and all this kind of stuff. And many of us, you know, will we'll find ourselves at a job. But anyway, we can respond to the Lord's call. Whether we go to take a job somewhere or we go to serve full time, the Lord is calling us. And uh, this, is the, this is what makes our life vital and full of meaning. And uh, I appreciate that testimony Mario gave back there. I know Mario from Puerto Rico. And uh, I think all of us have had that experience. We're not satisfied with just living, uh, you know, a life like everybody else. There's something in us that's different. There's a fire burning in us. And the blessed human life is a life responding to the Lord's call. And we need, we need to be like Samuel. Lord, speak to me. I want to hear your voice. I want to respond to your voice. And I hope all of us would, would take this word and pray. Pray that the north wind would blow. I know sometimes we get cold in our heart. Sometimes we get a little lukewarm. But we need to pray, Lord, I need that north wind. I need that wind to blow on me. I don't want to stay in the condition I'm in. And uh, we need to ask him to speak to us and call us by name and respond how he'll call us and what he'll call us. Well, he's very personal. And we're not for a movement, but we know the Lord is moving. We do know the Lord is moving, and we know that I believe this is of the Lord. The Lord has this move today, and he is calling us, and there's a spread going on. The brothers are going to share more with us uh, in, the, in tonight and in the two meetings we have tomorrow. So uh, 
Lord Jesus, speak to all of us. Amen. Lord, call us by name. Amen. We want to hear your voice. Amen. Lord, we open to this north wind blowing, Amen. even a stormy wind out of the north. Amen. I don't know if Brother Tim wants to say something. We want to just have some prayer. How about we just have, we're going to stop at, at quarter till, so we have a few minutes. Maybe just some of us to pray. Uh, and maybe we, before we pray two by two, uh, let's just have some of us to stand and pray. To stand up and, and offer a prayer to the Lord uh, for his speaking, for his blowing, for our responding. We need mercy. We all need mercy. We're all cut out of the same hunk of cheese, you know. Uh, but anyway, we need the Lord's mercy that we will respond to his calling. Some of us can stand up and pray that we'll stop. Amen. Amen. We say our lives are not for this world. Amen. Amen. 